0: Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to Science Faction, the only show where a scientist, a comedian, and a comedian-scientist come together to discuss science, comedically.
1: Hello, and welcome to Science Faction's Patreon, episode 68, I call BS!
0: He says Patreon because this is not the uh, science faction of the people, this is the science faction of the elite all of you, this is an eyes wide shut party. All of you should be wearing Venetian masks and naked right now.
1: No, not naked. You should be wearing only your Science Faction branded shirt or sweatshirt that you'll be getting in the mail sometime soon if you are a Patreon of that level, because guess what? They showed up to my house today and they're going out tomorrow.
0: I'm imagining a bunch of our fans from around the world uh, wearing Venetian masks and your t-shirts and nothing else, just Pooh Bear in yes. it. Yes. yeah. That's a hot image. Hey, can we get a photo, Get like a group photo? I'll Photoshop us all together. I know getting us all in one place (laughs) would be difficult, but... (laughs) Just just completely bottomless. Oh, dude. (laughs) Just
1: like this show, completely without a bottom. Just... Oh, dear. And those of you guys who have listened to this show for a long time know that I Call BS a game where I read four science news articles, any of which could be real, any of which could be false, uh, all or nothing or one or two or three. The whole point is they are independent variables. You can't use what you know about one answer to guess the other. And, Damien, I am very excited. I have a new thing for you in I Call BS. I have been looking back into the episodes <laughs> and... Your abysmal performance on piece this of shit. for the past eight years has been alternatively described as saddening, pathetic, mm-hmm. Putin-like.
0: <laughs> that one's from 2015. I don't know what, what they're referencing.
1: It's just a Georgian who's mad about us talking about the shitty country he lives in.
0: You said nothing when they invaded.
1: But regardless, Damian, I have noticed that over eight years, and this just came to me, I hadn't noticed this before, you haven't won a single game of I Call BS. Liar. And in that time... Liar. Because... J'accuse. Because I desperately want you to win and would like to help you win, as I have so many times before... Ooh despite you not winning, I I have decided to do something a little different, Damien. Each question in this particular Uh, game uh has a hint that gives you the answer. So if you pay close enough attention, even if you haven't read the science news this week and you do not know the answer, you can actually, for every one of these, it took me a long time to write these questions, you can find out the answer, having no knowledge of anything that happened in science this week, which is a new thing, we have never done it this way. All right, you ready to play, Damien?
0: I know Game of Thrones didn't
1: go out on the best footing, but if you guys remember
0: that scene where Theon Greyjoy thinks he escaped the uh, the castle of torture, and there's this, this figure giving him hope, leading him away from the castle, you know, even seems to rescue him from guards, and then it was all just an elaborate stunt to get this psychopath off at the end. I'm getting a lot of feelings like that from this.
1: No, no, I have done something nice, and I hope you appreciate it, and don't keep talking trash. All right, let's move right on. <laughs> I call BS.
0: I call. I call. I call. I call. I call. Ring, ring. I call BS. He keeps calling me reek behind the scenes. <laughs>
1: that has to do with your smell. All right. Yes, you won't let me bake. <laughs> Baths are for closers. <laughs> Put that soap down. Put that fucking soap down. Article number one. New research suggests that how tall you are is directly correlated to your navigational ability. Damien, is this science or bad science? This is bad science. The best navigators
0: are small because they can fit on top of a tall person's shoulders and see farther.
1: To be fair, that would still be correlated with how tall they are, but fair enough. (laughs) A tall guy couldn't do that and achieve that, that, uh, that perspective. Damien, this is indeed bad science. And for those of you guys listening along, you probably heard the hint. Uh, we talked about if how tall you are is correlated to navigational ability. Tall, as you guys know, is also the Starbucks term for a medium drink. Medium is another word for psychic, and a true psychic would have no trouble answering this question properly. This is kudos to Bobby for, <laughs> for putting in time to make into his yes. maze of madness. <laughs> I did. I said, I would like Damien to win a few episodes. And guess what? It's working. It's working because the hits are so far 100% correct. Don't, they're they're don't helping you get Don't take credit for right. what I did. Don't take credit for what I and the little guy on my shoulders did. I, I'd have to go back. This might be the first question you've gotten right in eight years. So like, <laughs> I, I'm saying that it's right working. Anyway. <laughs> Please, people,
0: filter through the lies for yourself. Now I feel like now I know what it's like to be like uh, the uh, a truth sayer on Fox News,
1: like people don't listen to Tucker Carlson. Please. <laughs> Uh, so this is bad science, but a new study did find that whether you grew up in an urban environment or not is strongly correlated with navigational ability. Specifically, growing up in an urban environment is negatively correlated with directional ability, which kind of makes sense, cause you not only don't need geographical navigational tools in an urban environment, you actually rarely even get to see that geographical navigation tools. Uh, you're not gonna see hills and mountains and, and trees and stuff as much as you are buildings. And that is especially true, by the way, in cities where the grid system is aligned with cardinal directions. Uh, Like here we are in San Diego, you know, the streets are north, south, east, west, downtown. And if you grow up in that environment, you are likely to have a impaired sense of direction because you've never had to think about it. You always know which way is north, south, east, and west. And you don't really need navigational clues from the environment other than the built environment to get around. So uh, it seems like that leads to less navigation abilities.
0: And my mom would make me follow the sun. Everywhere. That's why she said, Come home by nightfall so I could find my way home.
1: To be fair, she told you it was your dad. So,
0: <laughs> by the way, I was in the army and, uh, and like I, I did some stuff for, uh, for ranger school, and the, uh, and that was like the one part of the army that I found really, really hard was land nav. That was really? because I, I mean, I, I'm, I guess I'm a city boy, I guess.
1: Yes. Yeah, I guess so. But I mean, again, we grew up in very similar environments and I'm very good at land nav. So, I don't know. Fuck off. You're also great at (laughs) at creating mind mazes. So... (laughs) So this was done using a game to simulate a virtual environment that the subjects navigated towards a goal. Those who grew up in more rural areas, which presumably require more independent navigational abilities, tended to do better on these tasks. It could be a causation correlation in which those people who grow up in cities are otherwise predisposed to a bad sense of direction, and that's why they chose to grow up in cities, but it is likely a causational relationship. This, by the way, every time I see something like this when they talk about sense of direction or ability to navigate or that kind of thing, and here they talk about inability to navigate and people, the cardinal directions and stuff, it always reminds me, and this is a great like, lesson to all of you people out there who think you have to be smart to get into a good school. Trust me, at least... 20% of the people who went I went to Berkeley with were fucking idiots. I'm not saying like they weren't smart. They were fucking idiots. And I will, I, I will remember to the day I die, I was once giving directions to a friend of mine. And much like where we live now in Berkeley, there is a grid system of streets. The streets go north, south, east and west. It is even more prominent because we lived in a place called the south side of campus because we were south of campus. So you always knew where it was. And even if you weren't good with directions, you knew where campus was. And that was north. And I remember giving directions to this friend of mine. I was like, well, then, you know, turn east and go two blocks. And she's had to stop me. And again, this is somebody in Berkeley. And uh, she said, can you stop giving me directions like that? It's so frustrating because in my head, north is uphill. <laughs>
0: somebody says she's not wrong. Yes, she is. She's very wrong. And you just shut the fuck up. That
1: is very wrong. <laughs> and I just remember thinking, you you know, these are all grids, right? That's north. And I pointed towards the campus. And I said, anytime you look at the campus, it's going to be north from here. And she said, well, how could that be? And I said, because we're south of campus. And then she said, not all the time. And I said, that's right. But it's true when you're south of campus.
0: I think you're just describing the effects of autism, Bobby. Uh, no. No, you're right. Because no. I do know people who didn't go to Berkeley who somehow function in this fucking society that would answer that question the exact same way you did. Yes. I, I think when you don't really concern yourself with how you get to and from places, you don't ever bother to do the legwork and how that happens. Uh, maybe you're just living this beautiful
1: world of mystery where maybe you, you maybe. teleport. Where everything is a surprise. You're like I close my eyes and now I'm at Target. I'm like a fucking infant. I just wake up in different places. You know it's not that hard to pick these people out on the freeway when they're forced to drive. So. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> Article number two: A new study indicates humans have been walking wrong this whole time, and a new style of walking studied by researchers is up to twice as efficient. Damien, is this science or bad science? I would love it if there was some type of new fancy
0: walking. Was going to...
1: <laughs> What's he doing? Is that city walking?
0: Yeah, you, this sounds like something <laughs> that a snake oil salesman would sell <laughs> in the 1920s.
1: But also, you can't te- you can't like show anybody that you have this special style of walking because by showing them, they would then be able to copy you for free. Like, it's, <laughs> it's there's standard. a lot of trust involved.
0: Listen, I'm gonna sell you the pat. I'm gonna sell you the right to use this, a, a user license for this walk. But you can't use it until everybody uses it. Otherwise, it's the business model falls apart. So, uh, I'm gonna say this is bad science. There ain't no new type of new fancy new walking. And even if there was, I ain't doing it. I'm, I've, I ain't doing your fancy
1: walking, Bobby. I'm still walking just like a normal man. Hop on one foot, kick with the other, jump, spin, repeat. <laughs> Slap myself with the testicles and repeat. Uh, Damien, this is bad science. Those of you guys who are listening were probably yelling through your phones at <laughs> Damien about that because you probably got the hint even if he didn't. <laughs> okay. The hint, List, I'm listening. We talked about a new style of walking. The hint was your word style. The second half of the word hairstyle. And since the tortoise beat the hair, this is obviously bad science. This is the man who
0: designed your shirts. This is the mind... <laughs> Of the man who designed your shirts. This is why the, this is why it doesn't have like science faction and something cool on it. Because this man <laughs> this man who This is sees why it's them- not just titties and beer. Say what you want. My
1: idea was fresh in the eighties. Spuds McKenzie was on the shirt. Uh, but it's not too far off. Actually, they found some surprising discoveries on how to best build a device to help assist walking injured people. So they're basically building something that helps move your legs for you, for the injured, not the incredibly lazy. And the interesting discovery is when the assistance does the most good. So we thought, so imagine this like belt that's on you that, that can pull on your waist. We thought the time to start pulling that would cause the most good, that would help you and assist you walk is when you are pulling that leg forward. That just makes common sense. It turns out the actual best time is when both feet are firmly planted on the ground. It probably has something to do with, you know, overcoming inertia and, and like swatching back. But if we get those like, bands that are attached to that belt to start pulling at that time, we can reduce the amount of energy it takes to walk by like 30 to 45%. It's really impressive and could be really, really useful for people learning how to re-walk after injuries. A lot of times when we say somebody won't ever walk again, it doesn't mean that they can't get close. It means that the full weight of their body, their body's just not able to handle it. But if you had a more efficient way of walking and you had a device that helped you do that, then not only could you you know, take more steps and get further and stuff, but you can actually progress on that even more. Because remember, you know, you're know, you gonna get better at walking the more you can do it. And so if you talk about these injured people, if you can create a device that helps them walk an extra half mile, they're gonna get an extra half mile of work in there. And it may have been assisted, but it's st- they're still getting the balance and the coordination and everything else. So things like this could really be a boon in terms of treating paralysis and people with spinal cord injuries. Bobby, promise me
0: something. If I'm ever in a car accident and um, I lose the ability to walk, you know, I'm I'm a, a, a paraplegic. Yeah. Promise me that- I'll just make him pull the plug. No, I won't let him do that to you. <laughs> That's, I'm wrestling you with my top half.
1: No. Yeah. <laughs> David, That plug doesn't actually control my breathing. Why do you you have a pillow in your hands?
0: (laughs) I'm quite winded from this wrestling. Also, my leg locks are uh, worthless. Uh, Bobby, I think it would be really funny if somebody, or really a good use of a tragic accent, making making lemons out of lemonade, if if I wasn't able to walk again, but then I had you take me to all these faith healers, Mm -hmm. and I could prove God doesn't exist in front of everybody when I'm not able to walk after this dude slaps me. And we, we basically do this uh, atheism grift hmm. to a revival tent and revival tent throughout the South.
1: Yeah, but like, we, we should be like, talk to the guy beforehand say, you're really full of the Holy Spirit and you're ready to walk and you're ready to do it. And you act like you're going to get up and then you fall down and you're like, but it worked at the Baptist church. You must not have the real God.
0: <laughs> and I could like, I could, I could uh, take some stuntman courses, really, really sell the fall.
1: All right, Davian. Uh, number three. New research suggests that prolonged holding in of flatulence can increase risk of heart-related health problems, including heart failure, over the course of one's life. David, is this science or bad science?
0: Hmm. Okay, this is interesting because on one hand, um, I'm picturing a price to politeness—the man who who holds it that little extra longer, uh, you know, mm-hmm. holding that stress in and having sure. a cardiac episode 20 years later because he had he was a very polite flatulator.
1: Yeah. However, I d- It's almost s- like the the fart version of the Oreo cookie test, like where they would see which children yeah, this is what you need. You need to see which children can hold hold in their farts while somebody else is in the room and the ones that can hold on to them the longest they get two farts.
0: <laughs> and so in a weird way, in a weird way the uh, the flatulent kid is rewarded but I also have to imagine, though, that the, uh, the man who is the unrepentant flatulator has other flaws in life that might diminish his. So maybe mm. the polite guy outlives him uh, because he's a more disciplined, mm. polite flatulator. So I'm going to say this is bad science. The polite flatulator lives longer.
1: Uh Damien, this is bad science. Uh you, you probably didn't even have to guess because you probably caught the hint, which no, is that nobody catches your hints, you autistic bastard. Flatulence is often faked with a whoopee cushion. whoopee Goldberg played the fortune teller in the movie Ghosts, and Ghosts Don't Fart. Hence bad science. Oh my god. It's like watching a David Lynch movie, is uh
0: is interpreting Poppy's clues. <laughs>
1: But they did find that chronic dehydration or underhydration did, in fact, lead to an increased risk of heart-related health problems, including heart failure over the course of one's life. So dehydration and underhydration across the course of one's life was associated with higher rates of heart attack and heart failure in a cohort of about 5,000 adults between the ages of 70 to 90. So not exactly like spring chickens, but those are the ages where we would expect to see more heart disease and heart problems. So there's a couple of reasons this is. One is your blood is kind of like oil, like, the less water that's in it the you know the viscosity changes it gets super thick and clumpy and then your heart is trying to push around this fucking sludge through your body because it doesn't have very much viscosity so that's one problem another is if you think of a given amount of something like especially something that might be dangerous like sodium in your body well it's not necessarily the overall amount of sodium in your body it's the ratio of sodium in your body to those liquids in your body. And so the less liquid you have in your body, the less blood, less water, less blah, 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 the higher the concentration of sodium in any given amount of blood, which as we know, is not great for your heart. So those are a couple of reasons why, but very, very interesting, because that's something that we don't talk about when we talk about chronic dehydration or dehydration or, or anything like that. We rarely talk about effects of long term things like heart attacks and heart failure and how bad that can be for you in those terms usually it's just like well you got a muscle cramp and uh you know you're peeing yellow but like it can have serious effects when you start getting later in life
0: i'd love to see a psa uh warning americans to be wary of hangover urine or really dark yellow urine Uh, a good american hates the communists and pees clear remember that
1: (laughs) (laughs) peeing clear is actually the highest level of scientology (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I would, but I'm an SP, so. <laughs> All right, and lastly, article number four. A new study indicates that COVID infection, even in mild cases, increases the likelihood of an individual contracting diabetes. Damien, I mean, is this science or bad science? This is science,
0: and God, it would be justice to the parts of barbecue country. Like, I, 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 do you think they'll notice like a 5% increase in diabetes or like, or in a part of the world where 85% of the people have diabetes, 5% really isn't that much.
1: That's true. Damien, this is science. 100%. Four for four. My hints have gotten the win. Stop stealing valor.
0: Stop stealing valor. You have nothing
1: to do with this. As you undoubtedly figured out from my hint, Diabetes kind of sounds like the term "die and be tease, which is an encouragement oh, to God. kill yourself and donate your body to be raw materials for T-shirts. And Science Faction's new Patreon T-shirt is out this week. Uh, everybody, listen. He'll
0: only stop if we all speak up. Your Patreons, he listens to you. I, I don't even care if he lets me out of the cage more often and. Upgrades my food rations to just once a week. I don't care about that. He needs to be out of power. I don't care if one of you stepped up
1: as my evil overlord. But it has to, Bobby has to go. Thank you, Damien. I will accept credit for that win. No. So not only does it increase the, the likelihood of diabetes within the first year, it is a gigantic increase. Damien, 40% more likely to develop Diabetes in the year following infection than non-infected people. That's even in mild cases. You got those sniffles. They're going to avoid sugar for the next twelve to eighteen months. Yeah, COVID is so much worse
0: than we thought it was, and it was, and it's all this like little small stuff that you're that's going to uh, create complications in other ways, other unforeseen yeah. ways. If you told me that like having COVID meant there was a fifty percent chance one of your testicles would explode, I would f- cry myself to sleep and believe it.
1: Yeah, I mean, we're getting there, right? I mean, it's just such a novel virus. You know, keep in mind, a lot of us are going to have some immunity to this now that we have vaccines and stuff. So this might not necessarily apply to your, apply to us, but that is crazy. A 40%, 40%? increase in diabetes, one of the biggest killers in the United States and something that very few people get out of. And this is type 2 diabetes, by the way. There was some thoughts in the beginning of COVID that we saw some pancreas infections that might lead to more type 1 diabetes. But most of what we were looking at here was type 2 diabetes. This came from the study of over 180,000 U.S. service members uh, and veterans that they were able to review their records for. That is crazy because that's a huge end number and that's a very, very big effect. Usually when you see big effects like this that we had never heard of before, it's in a tiny little study and then when they redo it, they find the effect is much smaller. I don't think we're getting an end size bigger than 180,000.
0: I think we're burying the lead here, Bobby, is that you talk trash about me not only win not only never winning, which is a patent yes. lie, and never getting a question right, I fucking called my shot and babe knocked it out of the park.
1: With you providing hints yes. after the fact I that agree. were I so agree. delusional. No, I agree. My hints definitely made the difference because you we have don't done agree. this no, every we don't week. Agree. For a decade, and you haven't won a single one. I think, as you just pointed out, you, you haven't even gotten a single question right, for the most part, that either of us can remember. And yet, today, I give you these hints, and all of a sudden, you knock it out of the park? I mean, I don't want to take full credit for this, but like 90, 95%, yeah. You're like Ted Cruz, and that you look like a pussy with a beard. <laughs> oh dear all right thank you audience for coming back to science factions patreon episode 68 where you learned all about how where you are born might affect how good you are at navigating how a new device might help injured people walk much easier how dehydration can increase the lifelong risk of heart-related health problems and how even mild COVID infections significantly increases your chance of contracting type 2 diabetes. Thank you so much for joining us, and come on back next week for Science Faction 609. Get your confused and lost self
0: out of here with your big city walking and super clear pee. You've been listening to Science Faction. Wait, that's not right.